0: Well, hello, and welcome to another, wait, what is it called? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Listen, if people are tuning in, they know what they're, they're listening to, hopefully. Hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Lee. <laughs>
1: I hope they know what they're listening to. Well, if you don't. Well, if they don't, and they tuned in by accident,
0: stay with us. Don't let go it, anywhere. And let me know what it is that you're listening to. <laughs> Anyway, it's um, you are listening to the Fair Game podcast, and today we have a guest with us, Mike. Would you like to do as, the honors?
1: As always, another special, another special guest, someone who I have known for a very, very long time. Uh, he was formerly a very senior uh, official in the. In the world of Scientology, um, particularly as an auditor and case supervisor, and he is joining us for what is the first of one of our deep dive episodes into this time the bridge. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way up. And
0: right. And uh, for those who don't know, you, you're Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Welcome.
1: <laughs> Hi. Thank you, Bruce. Bruce Hines. Everyone. <laughs>
0: Hey, Bruce, for those who don't understand what a CS is, a case supervisor and an auditor, would you like to briefly explain what that is in the world of Scientology?
2: Okay. So an auditor, um, they use the word counselor, which I, it's a bit of a misnomer, I think, because you're not really counseling anybody. No shit. <laughs> but um, in, the, in the outside world, the WOG world, um, you know, a psychologist and stuff. They're, they're sometimes referred to as counselors. They do counseling, but an auditor is someone who guides a person, a so-called pre-clear or a pre-OT.
0: All right. they're um, still who- speaking Greek, so maybe you're not in the outside world enough yet, Bruce. So I will, <laughs> I will explain it. So okay. an auditor in Scientology is just a word uh, that means somewhat counselor. You you know. Uh, Young children can become auditors in Scientology. They have really no training in doing anything but administering Scientology technology. And a CS stands for case supervisor, and that is the person who is always listening and watching your "confident" quote-unquote confidential sessions. But a CS is like a person who oversees that the auditor is doing exactly, per the book, the technology of Scientology. You think that's a good basic definition of what a CS is? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Okay.
1: Good and job. What, thank you. You. You, could, you could actually do a podcast on this subject.
0: Huh. Ah. I'll pitch it. I'll pitch it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Mikey uh, and Bruce, do you want to explain what the bridge is? Um, Because, you know, again, I... Uh, I think that we need to sometimes explain these things to new people but also it takes people some time to really get that Scientology has these things called the bridge but I you know a lot of people are surprised when we show it to them.
1: Right. Yeah. Right.
0: So yeah, what well, is the bridge?
1: Si- simply put the bridge yeah. is Hubbard's invention of the steps that a Scientologist must follow in order to achieve what he claimed was full spiritual enlightenment. Mm -hmm. It is a series of sequential things that one must do, and you can't move on to the next one until you've paid for and participated in the one before. So he called it a bridge because he said it was the pathway or the bridge to move from a lower state of existence to this higher state of existence that he promised Scientology would provide everyone.
0: Right. And then um, let's post this on our website on your blog, Mike, the bridge as well, the full bridge. Yeah. And on to the the fairgame.com be- podcast.com, right?
1: Right. Fairgamepodcast.com. Because,
0: uh, yeah, because there's two sides to this bridge. And and like Mike mentioned, these things are predetermined. It's not like a, you know, real counseling session where you're allowed to speak about things that maybe you think are bothering you or are bothering you. And th- this is not that. Scientology is a very specific, like, you just have to do how they say it, how it's laid out here on the bridge. And there's two sides. One's the training side, and the other side is called processing, which is another word for, um, what? Um,
1: Auditing, counseling, is, yeah, whatever. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's take a stab at this. Bruce, what do yeah. you say? <laughs>
1: Sounds good. I, I figured, Leah, we could start with the introductory levels of, like, because this, this bridge has sort of three main parts, the mm-hmm. introduction and indoctrination into Scientology, and mm-hmm. then the levels of dynamics and Scientology that get you up to the state of clear, and then the so-called operating thetan or OT levels which is the sort of ultimate uh thing to be accomplished in Scientology. But I figured that we can start right at the bottom and okay. address the the introductory services which are both uh designed to first attract and get someone interested and then to sort of move them onto this bridge so that they start taking and paying For more and more services um and And the one
0: thing i wanted to ask bruce before we start bruce i mentioned at the top like you know people are not really allowed to talk about the things that they want to talk about things they think are bothering them in their lives and as a cs you know the auditor uh has to write down everything that the the person says who's who's the the client um And that's being recorded and you as the CS either watch the tape or read the auditor's notes, right. Of what the the person said. And I'm sure this has come across your desk as a CS where you have somebody who's like, listen, you know, I just don't want to do this stuff. I want to talk about the loss of my dad, the loss of my mom or, and as a CS what, what, are you, what do you think when you, when you see those things in, in people's folders where they're paying for this, but being saying they don't, this is not helping them or they want to move on to something else or they want to do something different? As a CS, what did you think and do when you saw that?
2: Well, as a CS, um, first of all, there's sort of this general premise that the person being audited, he doesn't know what's wrong with him. And because it's all in his reactive mind, which is below his level of awareness. And so you have to guide that person through these specific steps. Mm -hmm. And if he's trying to say, oh, well, listen, I'm interested in something else.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um, There's sort of twofold thing there. The the key would be how the auditor handles that. Mm -hmm. And so that would be an an origination, which Mm -hmm. you handle as an auditor, according to a certain way. And if the auditor didn't do that, if he didn't kind of acknowledge that person and smoothly get them back on the process that the auditor is trying to do, that auditor would get corrected.
0: Or right. So, so, so the first. So, taking up your first point, it's it's not so much that the person was saying, "I don't want to do something." Your focus as a CS was to make sure that the auditor acknowledged it correctly and just got them onto the thing that they're supposed to be doing, not the thing that they wanted to do. Right. Okay. And al-
2: along with that goes the idea that if you were to allow that preclear that client yeah. to direct what he's going to talk about, you would be doing him a disservice.
0: Which is interesting, right? Because yeah. in real therapy, I mean, you're talking, you're paying for it, you're ta- I mean, not that that a, th- a good therapist wouldn't, but they certainly wouldn't wouldn't think that you know not what you're talking about. And that you need to be redirected to do just what you think the person should be doing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it really isn't about the person really getting better. <laughs> it's about them moving on the precise points of the bridge. Right. Yeah. But Which, you're not yeah. thinking and the,
1: that. And, the, and yeah. the, theory, the theory and what you are told constantly yeah. is... Yeah that by doing that and by following these exact steps, you will ultimately attain this great state or relief from whatever the problem is, etc., etc. You just have to, like, trust the process. And if you trust the process, you'll eventually get there. And there's no deviating from that process, as Bruce said, It's clearly laid out. This is what you do, and once you've done this, you now do this, and once you've done that, you now do that, and now you address communication, and now you address problems, and now you address Mm -hmm. relief, and like there are all these things that are like laid out very, very specifically, which ultimately we'll get to and go through in some detail because it's it's interesting to look at it now in hindsight and go, wow, this is. This is some um this is some system that yeah, yeah. Hubbard developed here that yeah. uh really kind of traps you. But oh yeah. Let let's let's get sure well let's, let's deal with the with the introduction because Okay. One of one of the most important things in Scientology is to get new people in. Mm-hmm. And th- this is uh, an area that they're having a great deal of difficulty with now because everybody's got Google. So mm-hmm. it's not quite so easy to get people to come into Scientology as it used to be when they didn't really have anywhere to go to find out anything other than what they were being told by the person who was trying to get them in. Right. But there are two main avenues that Scientology uses to attract new customers. One is this thing called testing. And the other is using the e-meter as a sort of a gimmick. Uh,
0: the stress test that they give introduction
1: out on the street. that they, that they yeah. try and attract people with. Mm-hmm. But let, let's go to the, the tests first, Leah, because okay. this is the most common thing. When you're walking down the street, someone who's a Scientology staff member uh, called a body router in Scientology. Right. Literally, I am going to move your body into our building and sit you down and get you to carry out a test. And mm-hmm. it's called a personality test. Mm-hmm. And it is variously known as the Oxford Capacity Analysis, the OCA, the personality test, uh, APA, the American, something or other analysis, blah 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 blah. And this is a completely invented um, tool that Hubbard originally had someone create for him back in the mm-hmm. 50s and then updated it subsequently. And it is a tool that, you know, you sit and you fill out 200 questions with uh, mostly or more inclined, yeah. uh, don't know or less inclined, and then you get this graph presented or shown to you. The trick of this, it's like a, a carnival trick. Every person that takes this test fails, meaning they are told that there are things that are wrong with them that this test shows mm-hmm. and that only Scientology can help them solve that particular problem. Right. And this is, uh, this is something that is, uh, is, is used extremely broadly in Scientology and has had some success. Uh, you know, I, I when I was preparing for this thing, I went and looked up some of the stuff that Hubbard said about how you deal with these people, like how you get new people into Scientology and what they do, and what sort of person you want to have dealing with these new public, which are called, in Hubbard's term and in Scientology, raw meat.
0: Right.
1: That's what. That's what the wogs, the non-Scientologists... Who are potential new customers are called in Scientology mm-hmm. raw meat yeah, and he wrote this this thing that says that and and all of this is with the idea that you have to have a constant flow of people coming into Scientology in order to generate income because everybody has to pay for these so they the only services that are free in Scientology is like this test, or showing you a free film at the outset, or this e-meter stress test. They're free, and they are in- designed to get you to then take your first paid service. Right. Which is, a uh, and the first paid services generally are very inexpensive and made to seem very appealing, and they've got nothing. We'll, we'll get to them. I found it fascinating when I looked at this policy letter by Hubbard where he says that the people that you select to deal with the raw meat are This is what it says. Control equals income. Dominance of others is a control symptom. We're not looking for pleasant control. We are looking for effective control. It is necessary that our best controlled people come into the closest contact with the public. Income is proportional to the control exertion of our personnel, and that pretty much sums up the entirety of the subject of getting new people into Scientology,
0: right? Yeah, and 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 you're and to just add to that, I don't know if you want to go through this, Mike, but uh, if you notice that the introductory services on the bridge yeah and anybody can you know look this up it'll be on mike's blog and on our website uh they have a uh, book one route they have the anatomy of human mind route purification route the way to happiness route and the Harvard key to life course route now these uh introductory services are not on the bridge everybody <laughs> they're not even on the bridge it's 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 below the bridge, right? This right. is the although the purification route is right, Purification rundown.
1: Well, see, some of yeah. these are funny. They're introductory routes, but they're no. also uh, the beginning like, of the bridge. Things. yeah, because
0: because the purification rundown is mandatory. like again, right. there's there's things you cannot not do in Scientology, which I don't actually know of one thing that I've ever gotten away with being a scientologist it wasn't like oh you don't have to do that course or like i've had to do them all so i don't know what courses are optional but probably the basic courses right the life improvement courses or something you don't you're not forced to do if they already got you
1: right yeah yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, like a, bun- a bunch of these are things that uh hopefully will entice you to make your next step and purchase that's... your next purchase right and yeah. that that is where you get to the actual things that are on the grade chart, which right. start with the purification rundown. And, and
0: that's, go ahead.
1: And I was going to say, and perhaps Bruce can give us a description of what the purification rundown is for people, so that they understand what that is, because everybody is required to do that as the beginning of their progress in Scientology, and, and it costs no, cost no. you twenty five hundred bucks or five thousand, whatever it is. So
0: Yeah, and uh Mike, uh you are required to do it several times in Scientology, even though you did it when you were first introduced into Scientology, forced to do it, forced to pay for it. You're often told you have to do it several times and pay for it throughout your Scientology career.
1: Yeah. If the if there's a a, a way of like like everything else if there is a way of getting someone to redo something that they've already done, yeah, it's easy money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just... And Bruce, as a CS, I mean, I'm sure you've come across this many times because they have to go through you to say, this is what we suggest for the client, right? And you have to say yay or nay, right?
2: Yeah. The CS is the one that determines that. And have said, you seen
0: that a few times where you're like, why is this person being required to do another purification rundown?
2: Um, oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. And
2: not just that, but other steps on the bridge. That And the odd thing about it is the CS is considered to be this sort of really smart person who knows all the tech and makes the right decisions. Right. It, usually the decisions are made in the context of some campaign that's coming down from management.
0: Meaning, Dave Miscavige.
2: Well, probably, yeah. He's okay. the one that could, you know, say, "Oh, look at everybody! They, everyone did the purif wrong. Oh, God! And some SP got in the way, and that's why everyone did it wrong. So now we got to get everyone to redo it." So UCS is, you know, you need to look for this, and so the CSs who want to be good little soldiers, they will like CS that whenever they can, and if they all know it's going to make money for the org and it's a way to get people to sign up for a service so you know the cs should be the idea is that the cs is uncompromising is just going to do what's standard but that's not true
0: right 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 <laughs> and and by the way what is standard i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Gad, uh, you wanted to explain the purif
1: I, I, I think that that would be helpful to people. Yeah. I will also add a link to a, a thing that I put on my blog about the purification program. Okay, great. Which, all
2: right. So the Purif, or the Purification Rundown, as it's called, um, it's an activity that a person generally spends five hours a day on. Mm-hmm. And the majority of that five hours is spent in a sauna. So you sweat a lot. Um, You're supposed to do a little bit of sort of mild exercise at the beginning to get your blood flowing. Um, Most people kind of skimp on that part. Um, And then while you're sweating all this out, you have to drink plenty of fluids, of course, because you're sweating a lot. For five hours of sweating is really a lot of sweating. And you're taking in some minerals. Um, They just have some tablets that you take. And then also specific, uh, in particular, calcium and magnesium that are given to you in this awful tasting drink called cow Cal mag. <laughs> and the, one of the biggest parts is extremely high doses of vitamins. Um, way, way more than is recommended by medical people,
0: mm-hmm. real
2: medical people like niacin. And, well, that's the one I was going to just mention because that's mm-hmm. the key one. You start mm-hmm. off at a hundred milligrams a day
0: and oh, that's niacin. like,
2: a. Yeah. a Hundred or a thousand times more than as was as recommended, because mm. it can actually it can be toxic, it can damage your liver, and and then you that increases that dosage of niacin increases until you get up to five thousand milligrams. That's five grams of niacin in a day, and the other vitamins, the B complex and the A and E and these other ones, they go up um, along with those dosages go up along with the niacin dosage. Mm -hmm. And um, there are plenty of uh, things you can find on the internet of people who did have health problems because they followed this uh, regimen of the purification. Mm -hmm. The idea is that it's supposed to flush out uh, drugs that somehow remained in your body like for years, which Mm -hmm. has been disproven, by the way. And um, or toxins that you somehow came into contact with,
0: radiation, right from watching television. Yeah, right. That's another one is Uh radiation.
2: And Uh when you take more niacin than you're supposed to, your your body reacts and you flush, and so you you turn red and you feel kind of tingly and Mm -hmm. it's not that pleasant. But and they're saying like, oh, that's radiation that's being run out of your body. Like you you should experience that. It's a good thing. And they say that these. Things get stored in the fat. So you have to drink oil every day, like a certain amount of oil. And that this the all these chemicals that are in your body are in the fat and they have to come out through the fat. And that's also totally disproven um, by you know a lot of research. Uh, All these claims are made and taken as gospel by Scientologists.
0: Yeah. And and by the way, they allow children to do this verification right now. Yeah. And Bruce, I mean, obviously we all believed in it. We all did the pure of, um, but, but, uh, and at the time, Bruce, I mean, anybody could say, well, we all know it, it's now disproven, right? Nobody ever bothered, including myself to look these things up because to do so again, I'm going to reiterate this probably every show. If you do things like that, you have to be ready to leave everything you have ever known. <laughs> including exactly your right. family. So we had no reason to mistrust a church that we've been raised in, our own parents, husbands, and wives. And by the way, Bruce, I mean, and, and same with Mike and myself. I'm sure every day, because we are forced to write success stories, right? When you finish a, a Scientology course or a purification rundown, anything. You are, you are sent to an office and you have to, you're forced to write a success story. And there's really something about that because Mike, here's Bruce, a CS, right? He goes, well, look at this success story. The guy says, I can breathe again. I, I could see colors again. I can taste food better. Like he's seeing these success stories come across his desk He's gonna one He's gonna think. Well, this is actually changing people. But we all said the same thing of
1: because course, because because you're reading them too.
0: Yes, I mean the
1: purpose of these success stories is for publication. Right. In fact, you have to sign okay to, okay to publish at the end.
0: Right. And, and what happens is
1: this is like
0: um, it's like you're bullied into writing. This fictional story of what you what you are now feeling and what the end phenomena is, because you're like, well, I'll have to redo it if I don't say I want to write a success story, or that I don't feel <laughs> any better, right, Mike? Like, of but, of course, yeah. But there's also yeah. there's
1: also this concept of peer pressure, Leo, yes, which is yes, yeah, inordinately powerful force. You know, I've mentioned it before, but there are there are all these experiments that have been done of people yeah. who are sitting there with six other people and they don't know that they're the only guinea pig. And the six other people, when asked which is the shorter line of the two, pick the longer one, obviously longer, and eventually the guy who is the guinea pig will go along with it because everybody else is saying it. So right. When you're in Scientology and you see everybody else saying, oh my God, I had this incredible experience on the purification program, I feel so much lighter and better, I can smell good, I can sleep well, I can do this, I can do, I mean, whatever these things are, you're going in your own mind, well, I guess... I need to be having those sort of things. Otherwise, I'm going to be considered a degraded being or a mm-hmm. suppressive person. Because right. there are also these categories that are very clearly delineated in Scientology of people on whom Scientology supposedly does not work.
0: Right. That's the merchants <laughs> of chaos.
1: And, and those people who... Yes who Scientology doesn't work on, there is something seriously fucking wrong with those people. Seriously wrong. And you don't want to be one of those people. Right. You, you do, it's like... That yeah, so you, get a, you is, go along
0: with the program.
1: You're right. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. it's not even... It's not even necessarily bullying. It's this idea that you get this group of people and everybody's saying the same shit and they're all like, oh, oh, wow, wow, this is great, this is great. And, and mm-hmm. the people are sort of standing around who haven't done it yet going, well, boy, I hope I make that. I hope that happens to me. And then when they get on it, they go, well, I better be saying
0: something good otherwise I'm going to be treated as a pariah. Uh, yes, I guess my little gaslighter, that is bullying. Because (laughs) uh, there's
2: there's another aspect to the success story. Yeah. As a case supervisor, part of the job is to review every success story for every every auditing action that the person does. And if that success story is not quote unquote rave, they use the word, it has to be a rave success story. The CS is bound to order that that particular action be corrected. Right you have to, they have to get auditing or they have to go do something.
0: Right. And so that, you're penalized. You're penalized for not even writing a great review for something that has to do with you. You should be able to go, it was okay. You know, I look forward to the next thing. I didn't love, you know, sitting right. in the sauna for five hours and having a reaction that could potentially, you know, kill me. Other than that, like it was fine. You know what I mean? My skin's nicer. Right. yeah, those
2: corrective actions, yeah. the client has to pay for.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly. So,
2: Early on, when you finish an action, you learn that, oh, if I don't act really happy and really rave, it's going to cost me money. Right. So they're conditioned to think, um, oh, wow, I feel great. That was so incredible. I, I need to think up some things to say about it that prove that I really had a wonderful experience here, I- even if you didn't.
0: And by the way, like now that we're talking about it, it's really sick. I mean, it's more sick than I even like. Think about this, Mike. Could you imagine? You go into a restaurant, you write a Yelp review. You're like, yeah, was you know, it wasn't my like, (laughs) wasn't like the best steak I ever had, you know. And then there's a knock on your door. Excuse me. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? There's a serious. You have a serious issue, right? It wasn't the steak. It's you. You have. You have serious issues, and so we want you to repay for the stake. I mean, this is a horrible example. Horrible example. But it, it's 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 insane to think that you're going in paying for the spiritual guidance and counseling, and you have to literally lie, <laughs> or you're gonna get punished and pay like Bruce said, and pay for it again. And you're right, I know. you get conditioned to think I need I have to write a success story that will get me through. And you're like, what am I getting through? I'm actually lying to get to the next spot on the bridge. If, thi- yes. if this is like, if this is an indication that it's going to suck here, your experience is going to suck. You're not going to get what you paid for. And by the way, what do they promise? What is the end phenomena? Oh, of the I have that, I okay, have that highlighted because okay. I
1: wanted to bring this up and, okay, and ask Bruce about this. All right. The, the, on the current grade chart, the end phenomenon, which yeah. is what you are supposed to achieve from the purification, which is what you're what
0: they're, what they're promising you, this is what your money is going to buy you. Go ahead. Right, is yeah.
1: freedom from the restimulative effects of drugs, residuals, and other toxins. Now, let me ask you, yeah, what actually frees you in the in the well of Scientology from restimulation? eradicating the reactive mind i mean this is a very i i I just looked at this and i highlighted it while i was sitting here freedom from the restimulative effects of drug residuals and other toxins you mean that you can undo the restimulative effects of drugs by something other than dianetics auditing
0: what say you bruce because that would be a question that a a pre-clear a customer should be asking their auditor or their CS? What would be what would be the answer to that?
2: Um, well, for one thing, you know the, the client doesn't look at the end phenomena that column and and evaluate it <laughs> by oh let's C? Am, am I freed from the restimulative effects of drug residuals? Uh, well, you know they don't even do that. They'd yeah, but like, here's the thing. I made please. it
0: through here, and oh my God, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. You're right. They they don't want to. Qu- you're right. They are like don't give a shit. They're like, let me just get through this. I don't give a fuck. What what you supposedly you're supposed to be giving me here? Because
1: it's- you know you know Leah, if you wrote a success story saying, "I am now free from the restimulant effects of drug residuals and other toxins," that mm-hmm. would not be considered a rave success story. No.
2: But no, Mike, you have to you gush. know what, yeah. what's interesting
0: yeah.
2: is that you're not saying the drug residuals are out of my body. You're saying right. they're not re-stimulating me. So right. I, I wonder if it's a legal out for them because it's been proven that it
1: doesn't get rid of any drug residuals. Right. But, but then if you're not addressing the reactive mind, Bruce, how is it doing that? <laughs> well, I know I get that point too,
2: but I'm just wondering if it's some sort of protection to them the way they word that. Oh,
0: probably. probably. Oh, all
1: yeah. of these, all of these wordings are really crazy now.
0: But like, for shits and giggles, but for shits and giggles, Bruce, what would be the answer to that if a if a customer had asked that question and said that what Mike is saying, like why I would know. I why would I do a pure if I if I'm going to do Dianetics if I have Dianetics? Why, why would I do a Purif and vice versa? Why, if I, why would I do any Dianetic auditing if I have the Purif?
2: Well, I mean, there were answers to that in other writings on the Purif, that it's these drug residuals in the body, and they, were, they inhibit you from experiencing the full gains of
0: auditing. So the reason why, the why I'm not feeling thing. joy is because of my drugs, of the drugs in my system. Yeah, but, like, after, but let's say after, let's say after, I was like, this is not great. I, di- I didn't love the Purif at all. I couldn't be wait to be done with it. So now that I got up to 5,000 niacin and I'm no longer producing a reaction, which is what you have to get to, um, it sucked. I didn't love it. But I'm ready for the next thing.
2: So the CS would say, hmm this person is dissatisfied. This mm-hmm. person is, has ARC breaks. So you Probably, you're, probably some use- withholds.
0: Let's not use okay. a lot of terminology okay. that people don't know.
2: So, they ha- this person is um, exhibiting phenomena which shows that he needs some repair
0: auditing. And this would, again, be at my cost? At your cost. <laughs> okay. And
2: if that went on and the mm. person still went on saying, oh, the, I didn't think the Purif was so good, I mean, mm. what, you know, it was horrible or whatever, or it, if it's, they just aren't rave about it. Yeah. Eventually, they just said, it's
0: okay. I'm just ready for the next thing. I don't, yeah. you know,
2: yeah. Eventually if you, you try to repair it, you try to repair it, nothing happens. Mm. You get sent to ethics. You're, and you're ethics is
0: ethics is the department in Scientology where you get in trouble that administers justice yeah. on you. Go ahead. Because they,
2: bes- they, the idea would be like, well, this person has an out ethics, uh, an unethical situation in their life. that's like getting in the way here or so Scientology is
0: the only business that is infallible. There's nothing like it. So it's never Scientology going, huh, maybe this isn't great. Like we didn't deliver a great service. It's there's something wrong with the customer. That's one of could
2: the, could you imagine if
0: businesses, if businesses did this every, like, I mean, yeah, this really. would, I mean, businesses yeah. everywhere right now are going, fuck, we're doing it wrong, but we're trying it, to keep our customers happy. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> but there is a fun, another uh, a fundamental datum that Hubbard explained, which yeah. is, if someone doesn't get the results out of the tech, yeah. and you do all the steps necessary, um, you know, laid out to repair it, yeah, then there is a law in Scientology that the reason that tech is not going in
0: is that ethics is out. You mean tech, the Scientology technology, right? Meaning a,
1: the reason yeah. the auditing is not working ultimately is mm-hmm. because the person is doing bad shit. That They're they don't a bad know about. person right. that, and they, and that needs to be uncovered. What it is that they are doing and what unethical activities they are engaged in, and when that is resolved, ah, then. They will be ready to go write good success stories.
0: So this right. So this bullying, like like Bruce was saying, it, it sends a message to the person getting into Scientology. If I don't write these success stories, if I don't give rave reviews in-house, then I'm out. Yep. I'm out. Okay. Yeah. I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and and that person who walked out of the ethics office. After whatever they had to do there to become sort of back in good standing, so to speak, they think to themselves, "Well, I'm not doing that again. Next yes. right. time they ask me, I'm gonna say I'm a really happy camper."
0: And there are people yep. out there that are that are probably saying, "Well, why wouldn't you just leave Scientology? I mean, that's a horrible experience to have. To have, why would anybody continue in Scientology after receiving this type of treatment?"
1: Well, plenty of them do leave. Yeah. I mean I mean there are plenty of people who leave. Yeah, you know. That's true. <laughs> Look at us. We we have all left and there is plenty of others, but there are also, like you said, Leah, there is a lot of other factors that go into this. Oftentimes someone who is in Scientology is in because they have been brought in by other family members. Right. So they have to consider whether they wish to yeah. have their family disconnect from them. Yes, They've been yes. brought in because they work in a in yes. a business that's owned by a Scientologist yes. and if they don't toe the line and be a good Scientologist, they're mm-hmm. going to get fired. Mm-hmm. So there's other factors that go into this that uh have a great impact on someone's willingness to continue and right. and nowadays you see people who stay around the fringes, Mm -hmm. don't participate in actual auditing or training in Scientology, but don't publicly depart. Right. And they call themselves under the radar. That's become the the term that describes that. And the reason that they don't, you know, publicly depart and say, you know, fuck all you and the horse you rode in on, I'm out of here, is because they're worried about losing their job or they're worried about losing their family. Right. So I I also want to go back to something that you you and Bruce both brought up about being required to redo things. Mm-hmm. You know the other crazy thing in Scientology is there is a constant redo of these uh this all this stuff that is supposedly st- what's called in Scientology standard tech. So you have um, even the most fundamental course in Scientology, which is called The Student Hat, Mm -hmm. which is a course which is based on a number of tapes and writings of L. Ron Hubbard about how you go about studying. And I'm not going to get into all the theory But it's been that way since nineteen sixty-five, or whenever Mm -hmm. it was that this first came up. Yeah. And there is three phenomena of study. There is the misunderstood word, the skip gradient, and the lack of mass. And those three things are that's study tech. Yeah. Okay. Two years ago, for the fourth time, David Miscavige decides, oh, study tech. And the student hat course was not standard. I have now developed a new one, brand new edition of the student hat. It's way better than the last one, even though it's, you can't change anything that Hubbard ever said. Right. So that then gets issued broadly in Scientology and every single Scientologist is required to do this course Really. it.
0: Redo it after they've done it originally and pay paid for, for it, it again. Yes,
1: many people have paid for that course, four and it's like times. a it's like,
0: and it's like an eight hundred dollar course. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. W- well, some I, I don't know. I think it might be twenty five hundred dollars now. It's hard oh, to okay. tell what their pricing is. Yeah, but what you talk uh, and what made me think about this was you talking about. Well, I got a I did a bad review on Yelp. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you went to a restaurant and they serve you a steak with maggots in it? Mm-hmm. Told you it was the finest steak in the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they came along and said, "Oops, sorry, we gave you we gave you a steak with maggots in it, so now we're going to give you a good one, but you have pay, to pay for it. for it again." You have
0: to pay for it. Yeah.
1: And then that one they say, "Oh, well that one actually uh, you know, that one fell fell on the floor, so it's got, you know, Yeah. disease all over it, so mm-hmm. We're going to give you another one, but you have to pay for it again. Right? I mean, it's so insane that Scientologists have been conditioned to believe that it's never the organization's fault, never the technology's fault.
0: It's always somehow their fault, and they've got to keep paying. Well, I mean, it's, I think, yeah, you're right. And I, and Bruce, I, you know, I have firsthand experience of this because I remember, you know, constantly being told, you know, I got to redo this, redo that. And I go, so who fucked this one up now? Oh, it was the public, you know, when, when it was published, the Dianetics, when it was printed, there were typos in it. I go, so whose fucking fault is that? Why do I got to pay for that again? Well, I mean, you have to pay for it because, you know, look, you know, we, you know, Sea Org members, they get $50 a week and, you know, you, you pay for it because you want to support your church, Leah. I mean, that's why you pay for it. Okay. And throughout my Scientology career, I was like, so this was fucked up and that's fucked up and I got to redo this again, buy this book, book package again. Is there ever a time you guys are responsible for the condition that you're in? Because that's what we're told. (laughs) and the CS would then CS me for interrogations. There's something wrong with Leah. Again, she's questioning things. She's got crimes that she's hiding from us. She's critical of us and critical in a bad way. Scientology uses their definition of critical. That means if you have anything of truth to say about Scientology, it means you have crimes that you're hiding from Scientology.
2: And that's one of the key mind control techniques.
0: Yeah.
2: If you're critical of us, you know, if you think we're doing something wrong, it's you. Right. It's not us. We're we're perfect. You have you've done bad things. and You're not telling us, and you're going to have to pay so we can find out what those are.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> and it's and we all put up with it. I mean, we're we're laughing, but you know, there's a piece of me that feels really stupid sometimes. <laughs>
2: Oh, I feel really stupid a lot of the time. All the stuff I do.
1: <laughs> well, we're not as stupid as the people that are still there doing it. Yeah, that's right. There's something to <laughs> that's be always for the plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's gotten like it's gotten way worse even than when he, any of us were there. I mean, yeah. it's it's absurd the things yeah. that they are doing now, and, like this student hat thing is like the classic example. I mean, and,
0: right? And, and again, and, again, let's remember these are mandatory courses; these are not optional things you could do. The bridge cost money. Right, they are not optional. Right. Let's go. Let's go over the Key to, li- uh, key to life course. Oh, I know that's a another lot about the keto. That's to life another course. introductory service. Can you talk a little bit about the Key to Life course, Mike? And what and what is the end phenomena of this? Do you know? Well, what are they I selling here? I, I
1: don't know. I don't know what that is. Uh, but the Key to Life course... teaches someone
0: course- to become literate. A literate Scientologist who can express himself easily and clearly, both verbally and in writing, and can fully understand the communication he receives from others.
1: Oh, there you go. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, there's only one slight problem with this. What? This course is no longer sold. <laughs> what? What do you mean? It. This is one of those ones that at some point, David Miscavige decided that this course was a squirrel course, that it was out mm. tech, that mm-hmm. it wasn't standard. So mm-hmm. it is no longer available. You cannot get this course in Scientology anymore. Well, I want you
0: to know that kills me because i hated this course it was a i want to say 6000 or 8000 dollar course mike probably i mean the volumes uh the the voluminous books of uh, we had to look up the letter the word a had, that had 25 definitions this was one of the worst courses ever like this in the solo course and it was a fortune, and so Mike, what? You, why, why were you laughing? Because what did you have to do with this course? Um,
1: I was the first guinea pig, along with three other people, to ever do this course.
0: Oh my god! And what did you think before
1: before it was published or released? I was the person I was brought to the international base at, at uh, Gilman Hot Springs, uh-huh. along with. Uh, three other people from the Commodore's messenger organization and put through this course when it was still uh you know Pilot. handwritten typed on uh, eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper with little stick drawings because there's a lot of drawings in this if you remember there's yeah. cartoons now that were done by Disney artists and etc cetera, etc cetera. but back then it was stick men and this course was, Hubbard's latest solution to the fact that staff were incompetent. There were many, many things in Scientology, including what they call now superpower, which is the the great uh, thing that is provided only at the Flag Service Organization. Superpower originally started as Hubbard's... uh, Solution to how incompetent all the the people at the international base he he claimed that how incompetent they all were and so they needed all these different things and that was the same with key to life the fact that they could not read and understand English was the fundamental cause of all the problems in Scientology mm. and this is this is sort of another thing that I know Bruce is very familiar with. The fads in Scientology are astonishing. You go from... And that was what he was talking about. S- the, the case supervisors in organizations around the world are suddenly told, you need to do X because something, some it's some new fad. And everybody then gets put onto whatever the new right. fad is for as yeah. long as that lasts, and then move on to the next thing. And Ooh. for a while... Key to life was the big fad, and it was the the solution to all problems. Everybody that had an issue, everybody who wasn't making it through the OT levels, who wasn't getting through the purif, who wasn't getting through this, they had to be put on the key to life because that was the solution. Until subsequently, the next problem, the next big fad comes, and now it's you have to do what's called TRs and objectives which is these weird drills that you do. And that became the next big fad. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure Bruce, you've seen, I mean, just like I have and Leah has fads in Scientology, are the, are the sort of the standard practice.
2: Yeah. You know, there's a couple aspects of that. Um, one, whatever is written in Scientology, whatever piece of tech, you can find it another place where something is written that contradicts that. So you can right. always go to the other thing. Yeah. In, uh when I was in senior CS Int office, senior CS international, um, I was assigned to do an eval. And the subject of the eval was that the tech stacks, the delivery statistics, um, and this is how much auditing, how many student points and um, values of services delivered. They had dropped uh, internationally from a point, I think, if I remember, it was in 1989. That was the highest they'd ever gotten. And they haven't been even close to that since. But um, in my evaluation, which I don't know if I can go into explaining what an eval is. But anyway, I found that it was the implementation of the key to life delivery um, that had pulled all of the technical staff in Scientology organizations around the world off of what they were doing. And they were forced to be sent to Los Angeles for special training on key to life. And basically the technical delivery areas of every org in the world was uh, torn apart. So I put this in my eval, but it didn't get approved, obviously. But um, that all came from the very top. RTC was the one that ran that. Um, the religious technology center, they're the ones that heavily pushed that all the orgs send these people to get training on, on key to life. And then everybody, even if you were in the middle of some other auditing, you know, step on the bridge or auditing action, they had to go on to key to life. And it really messed everything up for what they had going. Now, what they had going before was still bad, right. but <laughs> it it still would the success they were having in in my well, view that that was a turning point
0: well when we talk about success when it comes to scientology we're talking we're not talking about people getting better in life people no being, it's
2: their statistics
0: right their own statistic which is you know people in in the chair people buying services so it's never based on anything that's that's decent or church like i mean it's based on statistics like as any in any other business Yeah, and uh, keep pushing that because I want to just remind people that we're talking about a tax-exempt church, not a business. Right. uh, Which which brings
1: up the point that we always want to make in every edition of the Fair Game podcast. Yes, there is in Scientology a price list for services. In fact, there is not tithing.
0: it's not what you want to give
1: price. For every single thing, and like I said, the only things that you get for free in Scientology are the first baited hook with tests or e-meter stress test or whatever. Those things are the only things that are free. And then there are beginning services like these life improvement courses that may be you know, 65 or or $100 or whatever as sort of a, a, the next step from free to now, just a bit of money to then you get to the real shit and where, where you're expected to really hand over some bucks for everything, that all of those things have an exact price, that you get discounts if you pay for more of them in advance, you get discounts, you get commissions, you get this, you get that, It's all entirely and utterly commercial. And this is what is so hard to understand as how the IRS managed to, to, to accept that even in the face of a Supreme Court decision which said that this is absolutely a quid pro quo and is not tax deductible. But nevertheless, there we go. And not only that, There are people in Scientology. I read that quote earlier on where we talk about where he talks about control and controlling people. There are people in Scientology who are fundraisers and they're called registrars in Scientology. And their job is to get people's money. And they are trained to extract money, they are required to do a course of salesmanship called Big League Sales. Mm. This is mandatory for all Scientology registrars to learn how to handle the, quote, brick overcoats of sales resistance. (laughs) And and the, the technology, quote, unquote, that Hubbard has for how you go about doing this is to find the person's ruin Mm -hmm. and this is talked about a lot in scientology that the way that you get someone to give you money for scientology services is to find what it is that is the thing that they want to deal with their ruin whether it's talking to girls or uh, they've got a bum leg or... Or being,
0: being more successful. Being, or, yeah,
1: yeah, they want to be more successful or they have difficulties with money or whatever, that if you can isolate exactly what that is and start pushing on that and tell them that Scientology will handle that problem, and that is the exact phrase. Scientology has can the answers that. to that or Scientology yes. will handle that or Scientology yes. can handle that then you will get them to fork over their money. And I want to say something else, and I know I'm talking a lot in this episode, but I want to say something else about the handing over of money. Money and the fact that you have invested money in doing this service, whether it's auditing, whether it's the purification program, the key to life or whatever, is... Another powerful motivation as to why you want it to work and why you will write a success story saying that it did because you have invested in that service.
0: Yeah. And with your time and money. Yes. Yeah.
1: And emotion.
0: Yeah. Because listen, you know, I have a therapist, she's not free. Right. But it's not I don't I don't have to talk to her. I don't have to do it. And I either see changes in my life or I don't. She's not forcing me to write success stories if I say, hey, listen, I, you know, I'm good. We don't need to talk for right now. Okay, honey. You know, there's no no one showing up to my house. My family's not putting pressure. Why are you not talking to your therapist? You know, what are you doing to your life? Your your eternity is at stake and all this. And big difference, big difference. And she has cre- credentials. Let's not forget, no, nothing in Scientology is scientific. Nothing in Scientology is beneficial, is from anything that is maybe useful in one of the basic courses comes from someplace else, doesn't even come from Scientology. So... Anyway, I only wanted to make that point. Go so, M- yeah. M- yeah, Mike, ahead, on the
2: subject of the ruin, if we could circle back to the Oxford capacity analysis for a second. Yes. Um, so that's one of the tools used on, for particularly on new people to find a person's ruin. And um, this test is so fraudulent. There were some people in England uh, in the late 60s who they went into different Scientology orgs They were not Scientologists and they wanted, they were trying to see what this Oxford capacity analysis was and they had a strategy on how they were going to answer the questions. And so one person did it totally randomly. They didn't even read the question. The the, the other person had a system whereby if the question ended in a consonant in the first half of the alphabet, they answered yes. If it ended in a consonant in the second half of the alphabet, they answered no. And if it ended in a vowel, they answered maybe. (laughs) And then the the third person did just the opposite of that. Um, There was another person who went in and just answered maybe on every single question. And they all ended up with this test result where it's low on the left, low on the right. And these are in areas where it says right on the evaluation graph that you get that this needs urgent attention. These are points that need urgent attention. And they use those points. You're going to be almost regardless how you do the test, how good you are, you're going to end up with these points that, quote, unquote, need urgent attention. And the person who then evaluates the uh, the graph, the OCA, who is actually a salesperson, they use that to dig into your life and try to find what it is that's ruining it. And that's one of the key Mechanisms on how they get people hooked at the beginning. Once you start get take that initial bite, they have other mechanisms, but that first bite is really, really key.
0: And also, I want to make sure that we, we understand what you say, you know, because it sounds like it's a good thing when you're saying they're trying to find the thing that ruins the person. You know, a ruin in Scientology is just a way in to get the person's money. They actually don't take whatever. Like if somebody says, look, you know, I lost. Uh, my wife or husband or, or, you know, partner in life. And that's ruining my life. Your only answer is Scientology can help you with that. That's not written down anywhere. Like we should really help this person get through this very horrible time of their life. Like that's just, they're just looking for a string to pull to get you to pay money in Scientology. They're not actually looking to help you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, I, it, uh, yeah. It is
1: a technique.
0: Yes, yes. To, a sales technique to
1: yeah. get you uh, to remove the bricks in the brick overcoat of sales resistance.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that exactly. is exactly what yes. it is. Yes, just want to remind people because I because I was sitting here going, well, that's not so bad. I mean, they should find you know <laughs> somebody to care about what's ruining your life is a beautiful thing to help you with that. You know what I mean? Right. But that's not the purpose of it. The purpose right. is is to get the like exactly what Mike said to remove the block so they can get your money.
1: Right. And, and it, whatever that is that ruin, just like we talked about earlier. Yeah. That isn't what will be addressed. No, no, you are going to follow the steps that are laid out on the bridge to total freedom. You're not going to be going and like right away dealing with the fact that I, you know, I have an upset about, uh, how my mother dealt with me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, they just tell you that you will. Yeah. And get you going. And, you know, I, I do also want to say that the the dropout rate of people from these introductory services is very high.
0: And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Remember we were talking earlier about what like why people are going to ask like why not leave after this point? Now, yeah. people who come in, let's say on an introductory service, like a life improvement courses that are at the, you know, again, these are not on the bridge. This is what Scientology uses when we always expose the amount of money Scientology costs. They go, yeah. "Well, we have this course, and if you go on their website, you'll see there's like 200 courses uh, you know, how to how to Success through communication. How to have a better marriage. How to be a better parent. You know, there's these little courses: sixty-five dollars, eighty-five dollars, two hundred dollars. They seem logical. You know, you go in personal values and integrity. Who doesn't want any of these things? These all sound great. They go in now. People who come in on these introductory services, like we're talking about these introductory courses, Mike, that are that are cheap. Yeah. And and fairly easy to do. They're they're not unpleasant. But what happens is what the person's not really prepared for, if they're not raised in a Scientology organization or they don't work for a Scientologist and they're just some person who had the unfortunate luck of being on Hollywood Boulevard or <laughs> on their college campus or at a, you know, a pier, yep. you know, trying yep. to get a fucking beignet or some shit, you know, and they go, you know what? I'll take this test. You know what I mean? I'll I'll see what's up. You know, if I could do a course, these people, they go in, they take the course. They're not really prepared for a teenager in a uniform to say, what time are you going to be here? What's your schedule going to be every day and then call you when you're not there and go what's the problem why are you not here when are you making up the time a course you paid for by the way and then you decide at the end you know this isn't really for me you know i it was great I, you don't write a success story let's say you don't you're just you know you don't want to go to the sales office because they they have to resign you they have to literally take you from your completion of your course to another room you and the, and it says the person has to re-sign. And if they don't re-sign, there's a problem with right. that person, right? Right. They're not prepared for any of that shit. Right. So they're like, yo, fuck this. I'm out. Right. Most people, they're, yeah, they're who also, come in.
1: They're also not prepared for being constantly grabbed as soon as right. they walk into the organization with people saying, we need you to give money for the International Association of Scientologists. We need yeah. you to join staff. Come on, join stuff. We need you to buy another course. We need you to buy books. It's like walking into
0: a car dealership. If anybody's walked into a car dealership without an appointment, like you'll just tons. It's the same thing in a church of Scientology. People are coming up to you. You want to buy this? You want to buy this? You want to buy this? I take
1: real offense to that. Sorry, Mike. I sold cars for a living. I know. I'm sorry. It was not anything like that.
0: Really? You didn't walk up to a person just going, I'm fucking looking. Can you give me a second? And you're like, okay, yeah, my course. name is Mike. My name is Mike. If you need anything. Okay, uh, okay.
1: Of course. But if yeah. you need anything.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> actually, <laughs> and, actually, you're and, right. This is an insult to car you dealerships. You would walk
1: away right. uh, hey, and let the person stand there for a
0: while. But, Mike, but
1: in Scientology, no, they that's don't. not the You're case. right.
0: This is an insult to car dealership because and, you're and absolutely right. You- if you yeah. walk
1: in and you're in negotiation to buy one car, there isn't four other people coming up and trying to sell you a second one and a third one and a fourth one before you even get out of the dealership. <laughs> That's true. They'll
0: they'll stick with the one. <laughs> That's true. The other thing that, that people are not prepared for, Mike, is learning a whole new language. Right. Because they realize pretty quickly and that they have to look up every word they don't understand. You're not allowed to yawn. While studying Scientology, you're not allowed to scratch your head when so you're being supervised as you're studying. And if you God forbid yawn, you are pulled into another room and they ask you what's the definition of this. They go over every page, every word you just read, and then they make you, you know, if if you can't define the uh, you know, all 25, 30 definitions of the or that, you're gonna be sent back to read page one all over again from wherever they found the word, you're gonna reread and get retested it's and i think you're right mike this people who come in at this level you know like quote unquote normal people are not yep. are not fucking with scientology long term right yeah right you're absolutely right right anything you want to add bruce because you've been very quiet
2: um well no not really <laughs> that was that was in denver you were selling cars right mike yes That's mountain
1: states toyota
0: great story mountain
1: states toyota
0: great great story great <laughs> All right, anything else we want to add to this, you guys? Or did we pretty much cover the bottom part of it? No, the, we've, uh, uh, we
1: covered the bottom part. I, I mean, we could talk about this stuff forever, literally, and come up with a. We could go through every one of these services and have something to say about it. But I think that we've got the general gist here, and, and I'm looking forward to the next episode where we start really addressing auditing and going up through clear to get to the OT levels.
2: Yeah, and we can go into the e-meter a bit, maybe.
1: Yes oh yes. okay
0: yes all right well bruce thank you so much i'm sorry that we over talked you um but you do have a lot of value in being here and we appreciate your time once again and My we'll pleasure. Thank be you. be sure to um over talk you next time <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> one thing you always know what you're getting Truth. <laughs> yeah, that's right you're not, I, you're yeah, not I, coming here and try. getting surprised <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs>
0: All right. Until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. And um, thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.